What is up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler. It's almost fall. How about that? You know, normally uh, the summer seems to just zip by and we blink and it's over, or sometimes it doesn't even feel like it was here at all. But this year, it, it weird, it feels like the summer was actually kind of long, at least where I am. You know, the summer was uh, was pretty warm or warmer than usual, or at least kind of warm to the point where it was more like when uh, we were kids. Summers for the past while have been quite mild. But this summer, it was, it was hot, it was muggy, it was a lot more like what uh, we were used to when we were kids. But now we're flipping the page to fall and the cool temperatures seem to set on pretty quickly once that happens. So we'll see how that goes. Um, the pumpkin spice uh, fetish notwithstanding, we are here and, and I hope you are enjoying the, tra the transition. Now you remember the movie Titanic, or the story of the Titanic, as you know, that movie's really more of a millennial movie than a Gen X movie, but in that movie there's the point once the Titanic has hit the iceberg and is sinking and the inevitable starts to set in. There's that once kind of poignant scene when the string quartet is is playing on the on the decks of the Titanic as People are trying to escape, and many are, are slowly uh, reaching their their ultimate fate. And it's that poignant time when I think they're playing near to God to Thee or or what, whatever they're playing. And and as uh, devastation all is around them, they are just kind of staying calm and in the midst of it all and and watching it all happen. I feel like we Gen Xers are that string quartet on the decks of the Titanic because everything all around us seems to just be imploding in perpetuity. And we Gen Xers are kind of shrugging our shoulders and like, yeah, you know, we knew it. That's kind of what we expected. This is, you know, par for the course. You know, we're rolling our eyes saying, oh, whatever. <laughs> and we're just letting it all happen, right? We're playing our our little violin and 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 we are going down with the ship because there's really you know nothing we can do and that certainly feels like how it's been for the past while now this weekend apparently there was a rally in dc it was called the justice for j6 january 6 rally i didn't really know much about it i heard a little bit of buzz and hubbub and they seem to be bracing themselves for uh Capital Insurrection 2.0, and it didn't seem to happen. Seems like it was attended by the tens of people. <laughs> the the mass rioting that was predicted by the by the media never seemed to happen. Um, and I, I except I, th I think they they did ended up apprehending one guy who was armed and maced him and. Well, it turned out he was an FBI agent. He was supposed to be there, and he was working undercover. So <laughs> good on good on them for snuffing out that threat. But, you know, if you can take yourselves and your minds back to 1983 when, when you first saw Return of the Jedi, and ultimately one of everyone's favorite lines in, in that movie was Admiral Ackbar. Once he realized the circumstance they were in as they come out of light speed into the the Death Star and it, the shields are still up and he, they're, they're turning the, the fleet around and he turns and he yells, it's a trap! <laughs> it seems like this what this Justice for J6 rally was. It seemed to be like they were trying to to trap a threat that just never 
materialized or maybe even a trap that never was i don't know kind of make seems more and more that january 6th counter to the popular narrative was really just a bunch of people who were ticked about the election and a- acting the fool more than you know as a, a an insurrection and certainly mild as far as riots go because you know no one's uh minority-owned business was burned and 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 what have you but you know to hear people tell the tale it's, it certainly doesn't uh doesn't seem that way but just, again i just wonder was it for real was this a thing i don't know and it, it doesn't seem like it was but you know to be honest i have to make a very honest sincere confession i don't know what QAnon is I, you know, I, from what i understand it's something reddit related you know i don't really use reddit or whatever because you know i'm I'm an old man, you know, much like uh, like you. We're kind of getting up there, and that seems to be uh, you know something for uh, for the kids to to spout on. But apparently, it came from from that, and it's some kind of conspiracy theory, something or other. Trump, yada yada, deep state. Well, I don't really, I don't. I I think I'm extending my uh, understanding of of the subject, but. The whole January sixth thing seems to be wrapped up in all of that. I I don't I don't really know. I know a lot of people were were pretty up in arms about everything that that happened, and but like I said at the time, the likelihood that some mass fraud happened was probably very very high. But the likelihood of them ever finding any concrete proof of what happened to lead back to uh, who planned it and who, who executed it, I think, is slim to none. And that seems to have borne itself out. Um, although I, I did see a report a little bit ago uh, regarding Georgia and actually DeKalb County, Georgia. Apparently 70% of the 2020 absentee ballots in DeKalb County, Georgia, violate the chain of custody requirements. Now, that doesn't mean that 70% of absentee ballots in DeKalb County, Georgia, were all fraudulent. But it certainly means that they violated the the requirements or or the protocols that uh, should have been. Um, and again, more more evidence at, at minimum that we need some strong election um, protocols uh, put in place around the country. You know, but the, the tough thing is like Texas when they tried to or and eventually ultimately did. The predictable saber rattling of racist this and and voter suppression that are, are going to come out, but you know, we we are in desperate need of some election integrity. You know, otherwise, every election that happens from now on out is going to be called into question and what have. You. I mean, even the 2016 election is there are those who still think that Russia hacked in and and stole that uh, for Donald Trump, but. Again, unless we actually have some legit, serious security protocols in place, this is, I think it's just going to happen from now on. I mean, even leading up to the recall election in California, there were security experts who were already calling for a rigorous audit of the California recall election. Now, maybe they're just hedging their bets. Maybe they had something to, some allegiance with Governor Newsom, and since he won, and it never manifested itself, but they were at the time, at least going into it, they were ironically worried about a risk of a software breach in that recall election. Now, why they would be worried about a software breach in the California recall election and not 
the 2020 election for the presidency. I don't know, but they were. And just kind of underscores the issue that we need some some serious changes. Um, you know, the results of the Arizona uh, audit are due, I believe, this Friday. And I've heard some whispers that it's the results of that are going to blow people's minds. It's going to you know, blow the doors off of this thing. And I would be pretty gobsmacked if they found some kind of evidence that would rise to the point or the level of proving that there were shenanigans in, in that election that were done by you know certain individuals and by name. And it flipped the results and it would have been Donald Trump that won the state of Arizona in that election. I I would be pretty pretty shocked if if the results of the audit indicate that. More likely is they're just going to highlight some inconsistencies and some of the emergency protocols that were put into place because of COVID and whatever um, were somewhat problematic and they weren't able to um, verify and validate everything and certainly will raise some eyebrows, but I would be shocked if there's anything above and beyond that. But like everything else, we shall see. Well, further on the decks of the Titanic, the vaccine mandates continue to roll on. And I think that we are not alone in our fatigue of all things COVID. I th think we are also not alone in just being outraged and tired by the perpetual push of all of these mandates. It, it seems to be somewhat underreported, but there are mass protests that are going on quite frequently now in in places around the globe like Ottawa and London and Paris and Sydney, New York, Los Angeles. I mean, everywhere. I, I, people are tired of being told that they need to be um, forced to have a vaccine. They are tired of being told that they need a vaccine passport in order to go wherever. And they just want some sense of normalcy back and they're tired of it. They're tired of the power brokers who are wielding their influence and are trying to push these things. And uh, it's the everyone's anger and fatigue seems to just be boiling over. You wouldn't necessarily know it uh, if you are uh, inclined to peruse social media here in the U.S. or or turn on the the networks. Uh, it seems to be almost un with unanimity that we all be be vaccinated or at least be forced to be vaccinated. But. I think there are a lot more people out there who disagree with that sentiment. And I saw um, in New York, as you know, there's you know, vaccine you know, mandates have, were put into place a number of uh, weeks ago. And we were even talking about it here in the water cooler, how we think that's kind of borderline racist and almost kind of like de facto segregation because in the city of New York, uh, the vaccination rates are lowest amongst minority communities, particularly in New York and amongst the black community. Well, I saw there was a, a two um, black women in New York attacked an Asian hostess uh, over disputes of the vaccine uh, mandate. And, and I've, I've heard some conflicting things either you know, th that they said they had their, their vaccine passport and still wasn't, wasn't allowed in or what have you. And 
but it was on you know caught on tape and, and you know they just kind of reached their their boiling point and and it was on now whether that's uh, discrimination based on race for those uh, women trying to go into the restaurant I don't know whether it was Asian hate because the hostess was Asian I don't know um, but it certainly all it seems unnecessary in in totality because I I don't think that was a discussion that should have been had between everyone involved to begin with. I believe BLM's even getting involved into this now and are are saying, hey, this is uh this is kind of segregation and you know far be it from me to agree with anything from the BLM movement, but we've been saying that here. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that is a constructive way to handle this at all. Also not constructive is American Airlines. There is this just heart-wrenching video of this mother traveling with her two-year-old uh, girl and uh, the, the girl was just not having it with the mask and reason being she was having an asthma attack and she and the mother was just wrestling with this kid and you know, trying to get the mask on her and she just was unsuccessful and couldn't couldn't get the child to comply and they were kicked off of American Airlines flight 1284 and as they exited the plane, they were met by a team of sky marshals because this two-year-old girl with asthma, having an asthma attack, would not comply with the required mask mandates that the airline has in place. <sighs> you know, if you are sending a team of sky marshals to apprehend and accost two-year-old asthmatic girl, I think the sign should be pretty evident on the surface without any digging that you are in the wrong. <laughs> I mean, this is one of the most absurd stories I have ever seen. You know, COVID protocols notwithstanding. I mean, all, I think all of us can relate to being in that poor mom's shoes and having an unruly and moody toddler and just trying to do anything you can to get them to calm down and to be quiet because you know everybody on that plane they're looking at you they're irritated at you and your child and the fuss that they're making and you're doing the absolute best you can to just keep your child quiet and now to have something like this i, I couldn't imagine having a toddler now and trying to wrestle that kid um, and have them wear a mask because i can imagine my kids now and if, if, when they were that age there is no way I could have gotten them to wear a mask. Well, maybe, maybe one out, one of the four, but um, the other, the other three. There's no way they would have fought me, kicking and screaming. And they're not even asthmatic. Um, but it's just I, I just felt so much for that poor mom, fighting with her her toddler and and just cringing at the eye daggers that she's getting. And then to have have a, a team of marshals meet you. To, to I, I, it's just so ridiculous. And there's also a video of this this mom posted of her child in daycare, um, and just the the workers just trying to over and over put a mask on this kid. And the kid's just not having it. He it, he looks tired. He's crabbing. It, every time she tries to put on that mask, that kid just keeps yanking it off his face. And I, I just I just feel so bad for these poor poor kids who cannot have any 
any sense of normalcy, any any kind of normal childhood existence. And they're having these adults, these smarmy adults, just slap these masks on their face. It's, it's just it's just heart wrenching, you know, to watch. And and particularly when you look at the the facts and evidence and and data that shows that these spikes in infection rates and hospitalization rates move independent of any mask mandates. I mean, they're, they're, I saw the one from Japan who has had 90% plus compliance you know, to mask mandates for the past year plus, and their spikes in infection rates and hospitalization rates mirror those of other places in the country, particularly like the South, uh, South and Southeast United States. You know, I, I saw another chart that that had all the you know states along the the, the southern U.S. like you know, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and despite the horror stories that you're hearing in the media, particularly about Texas and Florida, because of course you know, the the state-run media hates Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis, but despite all of the the fear-mongering and the saber-rattling uh, for those two states, their infection rates, whether or not they had mask mandates or not, moved in the exact same direction at the same time around the early summer and then again during this most recent spike. Completely independent of any mask mandates, and it mirrored that of Japan. And so we seem to be forcing these toddlers to comply with these protocols that only go to serve to making adults feel better. And it's, it's just a shame. However, mask mandate that that does not apply to you. If you are a celebrity attending the Emmys, boy, the optics to this thing could not have looked any worse. I mean, here these celebrities are in this, uh, smallish space at least by by their award standards and all of these celebrities are packed tightly in these around these tables and amongst each other not a one of them wearing a mask and now they said you know they are vaccinated and this this and that but all of the wait staff around them are masked so we're kicking toddlers off of planes we're masking up these uh, servers, but if you are part of the elite, like uh, a politician or a celebrity, the rich and powerful, those rules do not apply to you. I mean, we are looking at a real-time developing oligarchy, and it's it's surreal to watch. And it was further evidenced by the Emmys this past weekend. Not, not that I watch it. I don't give a crap about that stuff. But you know, they they flaunted all of the protocols that they themselves espouse, and and uh, they seem to want to push for a bunch of rules that apply to everyone but them. And in fact, even at that same time, Chris Rock tweeted out that he had COVID and he was sick, and he he just recommended everybody to be vaccinated. Uh, you know, Oscar De La Hoya recently had a very severe battle with with uh, COVID and one recommend everyone else to get vaccinated. See, the thing is, both Chris Rock and Oscar De La Hoya were vaccinated. 
So you were vaccinated, you were sick, you got it, you were sick, and your response to that is to encourage everybody to get the vaccine. You know, the the optics of that are perplexing um, because it just it just calls so many things into question. Because I, I see over and over that you know they they just say you know just get the jab just get the vaccine you know we need to get you know people to get the vaccine and they feel so good when they do you know they they feel like oh, I'm vaccinated I'm I'm protected but then that's not enough because then they double down and they say well we need to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated I mean do I need to be the one to point out the obvious question isn't that the vaccine's job if the vaccine works the way they say it does and it at a minimum, prevent you from getting sick and hospitalized with this virus. Shouldn't the vaccine protect them from anyone unvaccinated or otherwise? I don't understand the fear. So if they're trying to push everybody to get vaccinated to the point where they want vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. And their rationale is... To protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. That just defies all logic and reason. I don't get it. Why should I get something that is only effective if everyone is vaccinated? And then maybe even not. I guess then they'll probably pick some other boogeyman to blame. It's just it's just in utter insanity. I don't get it. I'm just so tired with all things COVID, and I'm just really tired of, of all the hypocrisy and all of the pushes to continue to flex power over all of us. I'm just, I just had it. I'm just so tired of it. Now, another brighter news: the situation at the border continues to get worse. I don't know if you saw this this past week. It just is really, really odd. There's like ten thousand plus Haitians are assembled uh, in outside of Del Rio, Texas, and they are crossing the Rio Grande, just wading back and forth even uh, across the, the river from Mexico into Texas as though the border does not even exist. And they're being contained, at least you know, for the time being, outdoors under a highway. I mean, 10,000 plus. It's absolutely bizarre. I mean, and... It, What's even more galling is that the Biden administration was making, um, taking steps to forbid any drones from flying over this area because they did not want the optics of this thing getting out because the optics of this thing look terrible. I mean, tens of thousands of people clustered under a highway in these grass and hay huts just trying to keep out of the sun and it, 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 there's even this incident where, where, where they have these border agents who are actually they have to go on on horseback because of the nature of the of the terrain there, and they are apprehending those who are trying to to get away from this and, and to sneak their way into the country and away from this uh, encampment. And in one one picture in particular that uh, made me just absolutely crack up. This one border agent is on a horse and he's leaning over, you know, grabbing this this guy who has this plastic shopping bag full of to-go cartons. And the horse the horse's reins 
are flopping away from its neck and the tr- the Twitterati just lost their minds saying they are whipping these people they're whipping this people oh good good lord oh. <laughs> now i imagine and my working assumption is that the people raging behind their keyboards and on their iphone at on twitter probably have little to absolutely zero uh, experience with horses i'm guessing that's just just spitballing here but i'm just guessing um because do they not know what reins are do they not know i mean clearly they don't clearly they don't but i mean if if these border patrol agents were up on horseback trying to apprehend these people they think that whips are the are the uh instrument of choice Uh, and you know i know i'm sure they for whatever experience they lack on horseback they make up for viewing experiences of of uh raiders of the lost ark be that as it may <laughs> whips <laughs> on horseback are not the means that would be used to do what they were alleging was being done it's just so bizarre it's so strange but none of that should obfuscate the point of wondering how did these people get here? Because I don't know if you caught what I said at the beginning that outside of Del Rio, Texas, crossing from Mexico to into the U.S., were a bunch of Haitian refugees. That's right. How did these ten thousand plus Haitians get from an island country into Mexico? through Mexico to the border with the U.S. and across the river to the U.S. How did that happen? Is this a thing? Are there boats that are being used? Are they ramshackle boats? Is it something that's being, someone's being paid? Are they being airlifted there? How is this happening? Why is no one asking this question? I have not seen it once by any credible media source. And for everybody whose hair is set on fire thinking that these border agents were rounding up people with whips, I didn't see one person ask, how are these people there and how how did they get there and who funded them to bring them there? Because as you know, Haiti is an extremely impoverished country. And the idea that these 10,000 plus would have the means in mass to gather, try to emigrate to the U.S. is just absolute nonsense. But I, I haven't seen anybody ask that question. And if we had a credible media, if we had anybody with any honesty and integrity, they'd be asking this question. Uh, aside from the fact I mean, we, this is a humanitarian emergency, and you know, these people are in very bad shape, you know, being where they are and the conditions that they are. But how do they get there? You want to ask them? I don't know. It's it's really really bizarre. But again, this is coming from an administration who is you know, argue, arguably willingly uh, letting this happen, and it's also one that's you know, certainly less than honest. Because if you remember, if you take yourself back a couple weeks ago when those thirteen. 
uh, soldiers lost their lives in the suicide bombing outside the airport in Afghanistan. Amongst the you know the hundred plus Afghanis who died in that blast, and we were told that it, you know, that the response was going to come at our choosing and you know, the way that we see, saw fit and blah blah blah. Well, a couple of days later, an air drone attack killed what we were told was an ISIS K target and you know a mastermind to, of that attack and and that was some sense of justice that we that we dealt well within mere days. We real we realize now the the military has acknowledged that no 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 whoopsie that wasn't an ISIS K target it was an Afghan ally and his family of ten kids killed in a drone strike by ordered by this administration is there anything that Mark Milley has done correct I mean outside of committing overt treason. Uh, ordering the assassination of an Afghani and his children, wife and children, um, as some veiled uh, retaliation for what happened at the airport and the killing of our soldiers. <sighs> I just—it's just gut wrenching. It's gut wrenching to to see it all happen. But like I said. We Gen Xers are just on the deck of the Titanic playing air instruments watching this ship go down. So I at least hope we are playing music that suits all of our ears. So with that, I'll get back to take a sip of my water, get back to doing what I'm doing and and transition into fall. And uh, I hope everyone uh, does well. Shout out uh, to D. Snyder and I'll see you next time. Stay cool, Gen X.